Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. This is the only podcast that digs deep into Scripture and then tells you how to apply it to your life so your life has meaning and purpose and you can be a glory to God and be well-pleasing to Him. And thank you for joining me on episode 66 of the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we have been doing a little series of the last several episodes on how to study the Bible and how studying is so much better than reading the Bible. (laughs) And we basically finished up last time, but I did mention during one or more episodes that I was going to tell you some really cool things or differences in the four Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I'm going to try to do that today. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. But if you want to download something that I have actually put together in a spreadsheet format and then created a PDF so that you can print it and keep it in your Bible, it will really help you when you're reading through those Gospels. So go to bluejeanschristian.com. And look for the blog post, How to Study Scripture, Insights into the Four Gospels. And I give a little bit of info there, but then have the link that you click on to download it. Or at least view it, but be sure and print it. Keep it in your Bible. It's really helpful. And even answers some questions that you didn't even know should be asked. (laughs) Like, for instance, did you know that only two of the writers of the Four Gospels were one of the twelve disciples of Jesus? Yeah, two of them weren't. A lot of people were surprised at that, but it's there. I'll tell you which ones. i also tell you when it was written, each of those Gospels, and who wrote them, and a little bit about them, and the perspective that each of them wrote about. The theme or main verses, what the name of the writer means, how they present Jesus as, and each one is a little different how they present the genealogy of Jesus. And they present what Jesus said or did or felt or was. And who was it written to? You know, each of these Gospels is specifically written to a certain group of people. They were written for us, of course, but they were written to a specific group of people. And it helps to know that because then it helps you understand why things are said the way they're said or why some things seem to be omitted. And knowing who that is really helps when you're reading it and studying it. And what each book ends with, some of the key words, and some very interesting facts. And I'll go through a few of those today in this podcast to kind of give you a jump start and to pique your interest so you'll want to print that and read through it. Okay, so let's start with the four Gospels. Not all of them are synoptic. Synoptic means sin, which is S-Y-N, which means together, and optic, which means seeing. So together seeing. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic gospels. They tell what they saw, what they saw Jesus do. And John isn't. His is different. So the first synoptic gospel is the book of Matthew. Matthew was probably written second Mark was written first, but Matthew was written second just prior to the destruction of the temple by the Romans in A.D. 70. 
Matthew was a Jew. He was a customs officer. He taxed goods and services and things of the Jewish people as required by the Roman government. And as tax officers did then, he got to keep a percentage of that for himself. And he also set what the tax amount was. And since the Jews thought that Romans were illegally occupying their land, when a person became a tax collector who was a Jew, he was a traitor and went to the other side. And so he was absolutely hated by other Jews. Matthew's original name was Levi, and Jesus called him Matthew, which means gift of God. He was highly educated, probably very wealthy, and was multilingual. He could speak many different languages. And, this is really important, he knew shorthand. And because of his job, and getting that job, he was very meticulous at keeping records, especially numerical type records, dates and things like that, as well as promises that people make. And was very good at associating faces with names with numbers. <laughs> that was his job, and that's why he got that job. He was one of the 12 disciples. In fact, Jesus called him. In fact, Jesus said only two words to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew dropped everything and did. And his perspective of writing the book of Matthew was from a publican view, a publican view, somebody in the public office from that point of view. The theme words or verse was Jesus is the Messiah of the Old Testament and the King of the Jews. Chapter 2430 was probably the most exciting thing that he wrote, and I'm sure the hairs on the back of his neck stood up and tears welled in his eyes when he wrote this famous line, probably his favorite. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with a power and great glory. And he will send his angels and a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. Because Matthew presents Jesus as the Messiah and the King, the coming King of the Jews and the whole earth. He gives the genealogy of Jesus from the Abraham or legal point of view, as a publican would do. <laughs> and his genealogy of Jesus is the most amazing proof that the Holy Spirit wrote through these guys. <laughs> it probably ever is in the Bible, at least in my point of view. <laughs> and it's because of the heptatic structure. Heptatic meaning the number seven. Remember, God's perfect number is a number seven, and the number seven is attributed to Jesus, who is God. In the genealogy of Jesus, found in Matthew 1, at least in verses 1 through 11, where in Greek, the words are divisible by seven. The letters, when you add up each individual letter, that total is divisible by seven. The number of vowels, divisible by seven. The number of consonants, divisible by seven. Words that begin with a vowel are divisible by seven. Words that begin with a consonant is divisible by seven. Number of words that occur more than once is divisible by seven. Words that occur in more than one form 
divisible by 7. Words that occur in only one form, divisible by 7. Nouns, yep, divisible by 7. And only 7 words are not nouns. Number of names, they're divisible by 7. There are 3 groups of 14. And only 7 other kinds of nouns other than names. The male names, the number is divisible by 7. And the number of generations is 21, which is divisible by 7. <laughs> That's just amazing. Only the Holy Spirit could do that. Just proof that the Bible is written by the Holy Spirit through people. Matthew loved to write down what Jesus said. And again, it was written to Jews because that's who he was and that's who he wanted to write this to. It ends with the resurrection. And Matthew's style of writing, he, he wrote the book of Matthew in groupings and he made no attempt to make sure it was in chronological order. He just loved to do groupings. He thought it was a lot easier to read that way. His key word or the word used the most is the word fulfilled which occurs 38 times, mostly proving that Jesus alone fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. There are 28 chapters. Oh, by the way, divisible by seven. <laughs> and the Passion Week starts with chapter 26 and goes on. One little interesting fact is that Matthew was not quoted anywhere in the Bible. And that's probably why he sat down to write the book of Matthew and was so precise about it. He didn't talk much, but when he wrote, people listen, and we do today. Now let's look at the book of Mark. Mark is also one of the synoptic gospels. It was written first, right about 58 to 60 AD. Uh, John Mark was his name. John was his first name, and Mark was his surname, which was a very common surname. Mark was not one of the 12 disciples. He was probably a teenager at the time of Jesus when Jesus was here for his ministry. And many think in Mark 14, verses 51 and 52, he's referring to himself. Where This is when Jesus was arrested in the garden, and it's very odd little sentence in there or two about a kid that was you know, ran away and lost his clothes. And it's just a very odd, out-of-place thing. So we think that must probably be referring to Mark. <laughs> okay. Mark was a missionary with Paul, and he was a companion of Peter. In fact, he really looked up to Peter and kind of hung around Peter a lot. And so there's a lot of Peter's words or things that Peter wanted Mark to write about Jesus written in here. And the way that Mark wrote was very quick precise snapshots of Jesus. That was his style. And he was enthralled with Jesus and just wanted to copy everything down he could and put it together in a book. And he did lots of interviewing of people too, so that he could be sure and get all of the good stuff about Jesus before he wrote it down. Mark was a Jew. He was a secretary by trade. And he was translator of other languages. He liked to write in a literal view. So this is his literal view of, of Jesus. And his theme or words or, or verse that he liked was the humanity of Jesus. In other words, Jesus was just like us 
yet was also the Son of God who forgives sins. And he had this unique view of Jesus as a servant and presented Jesus as a servant. He wrote what Jesus did, and it was written primarily to Romans. It ends with Jesus ascending into heaven, and like I said earlier, his style is snapshots. The word that occurs most frequently, which is 42 times, is the Greek word euthos, or truly. There are 16 chapters, and the Passion Week starts from chapter 14 on. Okay, let's take a look at Luke. Luke is the last of the three synoptic Gospels. It was probably written third, about 60 to 61 A.D. And a few interesting things about Luke. You probably know this. He was a physician. That's why a lot of pastors call him Dr. Luke. (laughs) He was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. And in his book, he seems to show sympathy toward groups despised by Jews, including women, Samaritans, publicans, and social outcasts, which is really cool. Thank you, Luke. And he did that because that's what he saw in Jesus, too. In fact, Luke goes out of his way to say that Jesus came as a Savior to all sinners. Luke conducted numerous interviews. He was a meticulous, detail-oriented historian, and he was facts-driven. And he spent a lot of time organizing the facts. And he was not one of the twelve apostles. He was highly educated, and he was Paul's best friend. And Luke also wrote the book of Acts, probably because of his meticulous, detail-oriented historical accuracy. He wrote from the perspective of the human view of Jesus. And he liked to call Jesus the great physician, ministering to those who are aware of their need, the need for a salvation from their sins, and that Jesus came to save sinners. 19 verse 10 is Luke's central theme. His name Luke actually means from Lucania. It just tells where he's from, but that became his name. (laughs) And he presents Jesus as the Son of Man. And he also gives the genealogy of Jesus from the bloodline of Adam. And he primarily wrote what Jesus felt, what Jesus felt. It was primarily written to the Greeks or the Gentiles. And it ends with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And his style of writing is more narrative which makes it a little bit easier to read. And he loves to fill in the blanks and give you a lot of of insights into Jewish customs. And so that's why, oh, like the, the, we always read Luke 2 around Christmas time because he really fills in the blanks with a lot of the customs of the time. His key word or phrase, which is 40 times in his book, is, it came to pass. (laughs) There are 24 chapters, and the Passion Week is chapters 22 on. So the last of the four Gospels is the book of John. This was the last book written, so the fourth Gospel written, right around years 80 to 100 A.D., approximately 20 years after the other three. 
and he put this together while he was living in Ephesus. Before he was arrested and boiled in oil and sent to the island of Patmos, where he also wrote the book of Revelation, which was dictated to him by Jesus and an angel who showed him what to write. John was a fisherman, but he was highly intelligent and a very deep thinker and a very gifted and eloquent writer. John was a meditative person. He loved to think on things rather than act and think later, kind of like Peter was. And that's kind of why Peter and John were sometimes competitive with each other. Not necessarily at odds with each other, but competitive. And both Peter and John were two of Jesus' best friends. John had an incredible memory and had very deep insights In fact, the book of John, it is said that you can read it quickly, just like wading through water, or you can read it slowly and dive deep, deep into it and get a lot out of it. In fact, the synoptic gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are basically recorded facts of Jesus. But John gives deep insights into them and their effects on the other people. This is called the deeper truth gospel by some people, and therefore he calls Jesus' miracles signs, and he adds elements to support and help and understand the synoptic gospels. And that's why I think it's in our Bible as the last of the four gospels, because when you read the first three, you get a lot, but when you read John then you get every blank filled in that you were wondering about. (laughs) And he does a fantastic job of that. And one of the things that I really love about John also is that he gives the seven emphatic I am statements of Jesus. Means that Jesus was the voice of the burning bush right before Moses, where Moses said, who are you? Do you have a name? And the burning bush said, I am So yes, John was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, and his perspective is from a common man point of view. And his theme, words, or verse, he actually says it in chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, where paraphrase is, so you may believe Jesus is the Christ and may have life. John's name means God is gracious, and he presents Jesus as the Son of God. And in chapter 1, he does do a little bit of genealogy of Jesus in that he is the eternal or preexistent God and the Word of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, he says, verse 18. (laughs) So he wrote as to what Jesus was. He also wrote this to the church. That's his primary audience, is the church, us. (laughs) And John's purpose for writing this book is both evangelistic and apologetic. By evangelistic, he means that we are all sinners and need a Savior to save us from the penalty of our sins. And that Savior is Jesus. And in doing so, we can also have eternal life. And by apologetic, it means the formal defense or justification of Jesus as that Savior. And that is a doctrine that is profound and completely true. And John makes sure you not only understand it, but believe it. 
It ends with the promise of Jesus' return. His style is more of a supernatural point of view. You know, God outside of time who came and lived with us. And the words that are most common, there's two of them. The word verily, verily, he has written that 24 times, which is something that was more of a quote of Jesus. But the word that John loves is the word believe, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And he uses the word believe over a hundred times. That's kind of cool. There are 21 chapters, and the Passion Week is from chapter 18 on. Oh, and John, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote five books in the Bible. Now, I already mentioned two of them. Do you know what the other three are? Hopefully, these insights into the four Gospels has been helpful. Uh, the word gospel in Greek is the word euangelion, and it means good news. Remember that. Gospels means good news. And it's partly good news because God himself, through the Holy Spirit, wrote through these guys <laughs> and their unique points of views to make a complete good news. So even though it's great to read these individually, it's even better to read them as a whole, to get the whole picture of the good news of Jesus Christ. Remember, you can download a brief overview in a PDF form through my website, bluejeanschristian.com, and look for a blog post called How to Study Scripture, Insights into the Four Gospels. And there's a little link that you can click on the word here to download that synopsis and trim it and stick it in your Bible for future reference. Also in that blog post is a link to each of the episodes of How to Study the Bible. So I would encourage you to listen to them all so that you become an expert and really enjoy studying the Bible like I do. It's just amazing. absolutely love God's Word. And it's so impactful and helpful to our lives. Why I like to say, let's put on the Bible like a good pair of blue jeans and take it to work and home to our families. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next Tuesday.